everybody, and welcome back to Need More Info, a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows by the power of Grayskull. Oh, wait, wrong franchise. People, we are going to be talking about Thor today, Thor Love and Thunder. We're doing a little bit of something different on the podcast today. Usually we go into the usual news topics, then we have our topic afterwards, but this is an extra special, lovely episode for you people out there. And joining me on this trip to the met the, the bifrost today is returning chaz ferguson james how are you guys doing today yeah pretty good thanks um just enjoying the lovely weather and the imminent heat wave where we're gonna all melt mm. i am glad that you didn't melt on your walk earlier i must say we nearly did <laughs> i mean there's rumors that it's going to be 43 degrees on friday <laughs> saturday and yeah no um, yeah hell been... no I've been hiding inside playing Civ and being slightly hangover because it's too hot to be outside with a hangover. I mean, I I went out to town. I did like, you know, almost 9,000 steps today alone. So I, you know, I went into town and the heat was like, oh, oh, oh God, damn, no. You are doing better than me. Well, to be fair, you guys were walking like on a, in, the, in, the, in the fields on a long mm. walk. About seven and a half miles. Yeah. How do you feel afterwards? Good. Want to do more? Had a nap. Um, yeah, I was good. Very hot, very sweaty. Um, it's a good yeah. walk, that one. I would have liked to have gone, but as I said, I'm suffering today. Yeah, no, I'm 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 aching myself. I, I woke up and I was like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. But yes, people, obviously, you know, we released our lovely episode on Friday where we talked about our top five superhero movies, some interesting uh choices there. Uh, we had like stuff like Mystery Men and Dread and V for Vendetta. And obviously, Batman was the Dark Knight was definitely coming in there. We knew that was coming up like quite a bit, to be honest. But definitely go back and listen to it. And uh, maybe send us your opinions. We'll give you our details at the end. But yes, obviously, with the new Marvel movie Thor: Love and Thunder coming out, um, what it's out now, we all went to go see it on Friday. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a lovely review for the movie and a spoiler discussion. When we're going into the spoiler discussion, we will have a mini ad break, the usual ad break we have on our podcast. And then after the ad break, we will be going into the spoiler discussion. So if you haven't seen the movie, go see it and then come back. Uh, We'll also do the content details at the end of the first half as well. Just in case you do want to come back and email us later. That'd be really awesome to do. But yes, so obviously, you know, Marvel has definitely been on it. (laughs) There's been so much Marvel content this year. So much Marvel content. We've had Spider-Man No Way Home. We've had Moon Knight. We've had Miss Marvel. We've had... Uh, God, what else we had? Like, gotta bring the wiki up now, people, because that's the what problem. If? Like, what if was what if this year was it last no, year? No, that was last year. Oh my bad, I watched it this year. Yeah, so obviously you know we've we've had so much Marvel what? content coming out. What if we're prepared enough to know exactly what um, Marvel movies were out this year? Yeah. Oh my God, that that would that would be an interesting conversation. I know they did like delay a lot of movies, to be honest. So. Like, it's very interesting to say, like, obviously, okay, so I've got the uh, the wiki page up now. So if we have the cinematic universe and the TV shows coming up now. So we have, oh, yeah, so Wonder, uh, WandaVision was last year, Falcon and Soldier last year. Uh, so it was Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's Moon Knight, Miss Marvel so far for this year uh, in regards to the movies, in regards to the show, sorry, and for the movies. Oh, yeah, Doctor Strange, The Multiverse yep, of Madness, of and, and mm. Spider-Man was Christmas last year. So we actually, to be fair, we've only had two movies and two shows, but I say only, but they do take up a lot of time. But to be fair, Fergus has only seen one of them. 
yeah, I didn't go see uh, Multiverse of Madness because I was assured that I wouldn't understand the movie at all unless I'd seen uh, WandaVision, which I have not. So I didn't bother. I think it's it's not that you wouldn't understand it, but it does provide good context, in my opinion. So it's, you know, it stands enough on its own. But yeah, there was a few bits that might be a little bit like, where did this come from? But in the mm. past, I've seen Marvel movies without seeing some of the previous stuff. And I think that generally they work okay by themselves for the most part mm. especially today which we will get into in a minute um so obviously you know with uh i will say with one division though i highly recommend it just for the the creativity alone is just astounding and it to be fair one division does directly go into doctor strange so it, it does literally go straight into it so there is they are literally connected and you have to watch them i say and i'll say literally one more time because i've said it multiple times already and obviously we're getting uh black panther wakanda forever uh, near Christmas, and we're getting uh, She-Hulk and a Halloween movie uh, coming out. Uh, it's called Werewolf by Night, being directed by Michael Giacchino. So that's going to be quite interesting. Uh, and uh, this is why I honestly think The Midnight Suns is going to come in, because obviously we're getting Blade later on. So yeah, that will be interesting indeed. And obviously, uh, just to let you make you aware, people with Comic-Con happening in a couple of weeks' time, we will be doing a Comic-Con-centric episode, so we won't be doing any news that week because obviously the news will be <laughs> all of the uh, all of the Comic-Con stuff coming up, mm. and no doubt we're going to find out what the actual plans for Marvel going forward. But we'll get into that in the, uh, the spoiler discussion because I think I have some opinions on where and what could possibly happen later down the line. So, people, I think it's time to call Heimdall. Oh, wait, no, he's dead. Uh, and maybe uh, speak to Thor, bring the uh, bring the uh, Bifrost and get into the review for this movie. So let's start with you, Chaz. How were your initial impressions on the movie? I had fun with it. Uh, I wouldn't say it blew me away or anything. I don't think it's going to stick with me as much as Ragnarok did. The same kind of humour and tone was there as Ragnarok, but um, perhaps a little less effective. I did really enjoy uh, the villain, though, and some of the uh, visual effects that came along with uh, with that character. So, yeah, generally it was okay. Relatively funny, but uh, a little bit of a step down for Ragnarok, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I um, I definitely agree there. We'll get into uh, Gore, the God Butcher, played by Christian Bell, in a little bit. But, uh, Fergus, how about yourself? I found this re a really good film. Um, like, even just the trailer was just really entertaining. Um, the film itself more of the same from the trailer just unbelievably and entertaining it's very different from previous marvel films like it it goes into very new territory it's new style yeah i i, I really really enjoyed it more classic thor but now in a much wider context and very again thor's quite relatable in a lot of ways i think yeah, I really, really good. I uh, very much enjoyed it. And James, how about yourself? Yeah, so I thought Thor was a, it's basically a comedy, a straight comedy the whole way through. And it's a very, very entertaining comedy. But the main villain is really good, really interesting, underutilised, and I think deserved uh, a non-comedy movie. I really, I mean, he, just, he deserved a movie with time to really breathe as a character, which this film didn't do. Uh, but otherwise, it's very entertaining. I think, yeah, going on that point in regards to, you know, Christian Bauer's got the God Butcher, he, he has been, you know, pretty much praised across the board by all reviewers. I will say, with this movie being under two hours, I think it has the same problems that Doctor Strange has, is that 
movie yeah okay endgame is three hours long people sat through endgame you know the latest stranger the latest stranger things episode was two and a half hours i think this i think this movie like um with doctor strange it needed an extra 20 30 minutes on it like to be fair though ragnarok is isn't two and a half hours it's about two hours 10 i believe so it's not that long but it's, it's a bit longer i think i i do agree on your point james in regards to I wouldn't say maybe a completely serious movie, but even with Ragnarok, no. it did have its serious elements. Yeah, so I think, yeah, just to just clarify a little bit, I mean, what you do is, I say, have, have a more serious movie, you still have the humour, but like The Dark Knight, you, that humour is there to add levity rather than making, making the whole thing just comedy. It's, yeah, just, no. it's fair to, it's fair to, um, in, 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 in with the um, more serious moments. I will say, um, like, so let, let, let's start off with, uh, let's start with the main cast themselves. Let's run, let's run through the main cast. So obviously this is Chris Hemsworth, like ninth uh, appearance as Thor now. Uh, and he is actually the first of the original Avengers to get his fourth movie. Obviously uh, Sam Wilson will be taking over the role for Captain America in the fourth Captain America movie. Uh, and this, this film though, like I think Chris Hemsworth has definitely found his groove now. I would say though, like actually going on James's point, I would have like it rained back a bit in regards to his performance because he's supposed to be a character who's supposed to be very wise now, very but he does come off a very dude bros like like very dude bro like child childish still, and I think as a character evolves, he he still has lingering childlike characteristics, which are good to have still, which are funny to have because obviously you know even Tony Stark had you know mannerisms of like you know what he's always had, but I think like. Thor, The Dark World, and Ragnarok, it showed his evolution, his maturity, and obviously when it came to Infinity War and Endgame, it showed a broken man. I will say, like, you know, at the end of Endgame, we, we had the resolution of his character and where he was. I feel like we needed a bit more in regards to his, like, obviously without going into spoilers too much, I feel like we needed a bit more of that story at the beginning. In regards to what you're saying about, you know, that kind of personality shift or well not shift but you know like the dubro personality like he feels a bit yeah i agree with you a, a bit like i don't know he, he feel like he should be a bit smarter and wiser um it feels like that's kind of leaning into the tone of the movie that's why he's like that if that makes sense because the movie is so so much of a comedy it feels like they've kind of changed his character and molded a little bit to go in that direction which maybe isn't the right thing to do personally i'm thinking See, the weird thing is, obviously, because with Ragnarok, he, 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 I felt like he did have a really good balance. Like, he did have, like, you know, he, he did have his comedic elements. He did have the serious tones when it came to Hela and, like, his sister and his dad and Loki and everything. I felt like there was a much balanced tone. Like, don't get me wrong, we don't have to go to, you know, come hither, you know, the proper Asgardian voice. Because, obviously, just to make everyone aware, Chaz hasn't seen uh, Thor 1 and 2. So, uh, so he, <laughs> I'm just well. To be fair, it has to come into it because it's like the whole basically um, with the first two Thor movies. The first one is a very Shakespearean movie. The second one takes a more darker turn, which was actually considered the worst of the Thor movies. I watched it recently. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's just you know it's underwhelming compared to the other ones. And it had a heavily underutilized villain because Christopher Eccleston was the main villain in that. And and that movie was darker in itself. And then they went the completely opposite direction with Taika Waititi making a very 80s power metal raw aesthetic version as everyone knows with Ragnarok. And I think it's a case of like with Chris Hemsworth's character, his evolution from bratty like character in Thor, like he he was perpetulant. He wanted to just go to war. He 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 didn't basically like take on the, the kingly characteristics. 
and he he was just, he was just arrogant all the time, and that was actually put into the plot line. Whereas the narrative went along, he became wiser. He became like you know, and obviously in Endgame, he he pulled away from being king. He gave it over to Valkyrie, and he went on this journey. And I feel that in this movie, like I'll tell you now, people, like this this is not much spoilers. Obviously, if you've seen the trailers, the Guardians of the Galaxy are in the movie for seven to nine minutes. They are pretty much in the movie for seven to nine minutes and they disappear. I felt that was a bit misleading of the trailer, actually, because I kind of expected, to be honest, a full movie of Thor hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which sounded really cool. I do think it kind of sets the tone for where the movie is, though. Like, this is effectively Thor in space for, like, 80% of the time. He's at New Asgard occasionally, but he's rather detached from Earth now. Like, yeah, and I, f- I think that's I think that's a big thing because obviously Thor has a big attachment to Earth, and I think going off on these adventures is great because obviously in the comic books Thor does interact with the Guardian. He actually has adventures with you know the Asgard. They, they actually have a comic series called the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Like that, that's actually a thing in the comic books. So this is why I think people felt that. And I, but I do think like you know he went from this broken man to this like d- dude bro mass. He he he's huge in this film like muscular wise, and that was skipped over very quickly. And he. he it starts off with a very peaceful intro and then it just goes straight into the movie and it doesn't stop. I'm going to say, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy 4 will be as Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I mean, mm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, to be fair, that could be a case because obviously this is going to be the final iteration of the, this Guardians group has been said. But obviously, uh, but yeah, let's move. Uh, so Chris Hemsworth, I will say, he does give a great performance. And when it does get to the emotional parts of the film, because there are actually some good emotional parts of the movie, we'll get to that in the spoiler discussion, he does bring it quite well. And I will say Chris Hemsworth has really evolved a great as an actor and he is really good in the role. I just kind of wish we saw more of that side of him in this movie instead of just the jokey side. And I think we'll definitely get more into that in spoiler discussion. Going on to the next uh, cast member, though, who's returned to the movie after many years is uh, Natalie Portman in the role of mm. Jane F- Doctor. Sorry, Doctor Jane Foster, or as she's now known as the Mighty Thor. How did we feel about uh, Natalie? Yeah, uh, she was really good in the original uh, iterations of the Thor films. Um, it's a shame it's taken her quite so long to come back. Um added quite a lot of the uh, drama to the film, certainly. Um, she makes a good Mighty Thor. Um, yeah, having two Thors at the same time is an interesting one, really. Yeah, I thought she was, I thought she was, she was good in the I've not seen the first two Thor films, so it's the first time I've seen her in a Marvel movie. I thought she was uh, pretty, pretty decent. I don't want to go into more details about what I think at all for a discussion. Yeah, I, I was a bit hesitant to say something as well because of that. But uh, yeah, generally, um, she gives a good performance. Uh, I think the character's pretty enjoyable. And, you know, having the second four was, was cool as well. Uh, I like the effect with the split-up um, hammer. That was pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, generally, um, uh, an enjoyable character to watch, I think. So yeah, I think, because they do make a joke in the movie how... Thor hasn't seen Jane for like eight years, four months, and six days. If that's the time, I'd be so glad if I remember that. But the last movie did come out November 8th, 2013, with uh, Thor The Dark World, with her last on-screen appearance. She does have a vocal uh, appearance in Endgame. I want to say she's, she does have like a voice appearance there. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed her in the movie. I think she... I felt like she had a lot more fun with this film because she needed to be saved in the previous films or, or she was she was the scientist that there was the, like the sideline exp, having stuff explained to it wasn't 
I feel this movie was very centric upon her as well. I feel like she, she you could definitely tell she was front and center in this movie, which was great. I think as well, she had quite a lot to work with um, in terms of what she had going on with her character. Um, obviously, you know, she was newly empowered. That was cool. Um, she'd seen four for the first time in eight years or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, she's going into space and like doing all these, you know, fighting bad guys for the first time and then some other stuff going on as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot to work with, and it definitely made quite a complex uh, character to watch on screen. Coming up with all those catchphrases, kind of, kind of, kind of, oh kind of. I kind of wish we figured it out. We found out how far. Just to make you aware, um, there's a joke. There's a running joke during the film that uh, she's coming up with these catchphrases because she's a superhero now, and that's what she feels she needs. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought she gave a great performance. Uh, she she bulked up a lot for the role. Like she she was, you know. You could see her physically going toe to toe with some of these characters, and I know the only thing they had to do for the film was increase her height. That was the only hit because obviously in the movie she, her height changes when she turns into the Mighty Thor, so that was very interesting. Uh, going off, obviously uh, coming back to the main villain in the movie, though Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. Yeah, he was. I love again. I mean, Christian Bale's really good. You, you always get a good performance out of Christian Bale, no matter what he does. He, he's he's one of those uh, chameleon actors. He can fit into a lot of different roles. And I, I really enjoyed him as Gore. I just wish we had more time to really flesh out um, his character arc. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, as I mentioned before, some of the effects that came with him, um, there's a lot of sequences where they drain the colour um, from the film because of the powers of the sword that he's using. Um, that was a very nice touch. That was probably one of the best visual aspects of the movie, actually. And uh, like you said, yeah... Um, he fit in really well, despite the slightly strange tone of the movie. Um, I think that he actually did have some some small humorous moments, but it didn't go too over the top. Um, generally, yeah, was quite menacing. It's uh, yeah, it's just a shame that it was kind of a one movie and done character because it would have been nice to see more. He was good. Um, I don't know if it. Yeah, it, I, it's the main villain, but there was an awful lot of else going on in the film that kind of distracted from what he was up to, I think. I mean, it was the main driving force, but also, uh, yeah. No, he was, uh, as a character, good. Um, I think you're right in saying that he there wasn't really much character development. He found a sword, then he was evil. The end. <laughs> really? Well I, think, well, I think there's more to it than that. Uh, I, I think there was, a good, there was a very good character there, but just wasn't enough to show the in-between first moments. Yeah, underutilised, mm. I think. I don't want to go into more detail again. So yeah. Discussion. Yeah, it's probably best not to. So, uh, going on to uh, other characters, um, maybe I would definitely cast the main characters. Uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Yeah. I thought she mm. was brilliant in the movie. Um, I love the fact that she is the king of Asgard, a tourist attraction now, which I think yeah. uh, which I think's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, sorry, James. Uh, I was just going to say the boat with the the uh, theme park seats on it. I don't know. That that gave me a chuckle. Yeah. I. It feeds a lot into the whole Disney owns Marvel thing now because Disney theme park rides, of course, there's going to be a theme park ride around that boat and that's probably advertising Orlando Disney does new Asgard sort of. Yeah, it's it's not a shame to be owned by Disney now. <laughs> it's a thing. Funny enough, I was going to say exactly the same thing as you, Chess. Yeah, I think uh, with her performance, like. You, you, she's she she is a bored king. She is essentially a bored king now, and it's a case of she wants she wants to get back into the battle essentially. Uh, and yeah, I I think her character could be explained more when we get into the spoilers discussion because there's a big uh, there's some there's some spoiler discussion points with her. 
Um, the the character I loved in this film. Uh, I think I think we all know where this is going now. I loved Russell Crowe as Zeus. He, I thought he was hilarious in this role. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Hmm. I expected it definitely. <laughs> yes, I was very. It was very oh. show-offy. Yeah, it, it'll it'll have implications further down the line for further films. Big, big, arrogant entertainer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do like I do like the fact that he kind of he kind of is like how he is in Greek mythology. Yeah, you know, uh, and I, I'm just wondering how. That, yeah, and as as James has said, it will have ramifications narrative-wise as we go further down in Fergus, the Marvel I'm universe. Not me. I'm sorry, not me. I'm sorry, Fergus. I'm gonna, you know, I, I will retract that to put it back to Fergus. I'm sorry, Fergus. All, 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 all of you are talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I thought he was hilarious in the movie. The accent, um, I'm wondering how the Greek and Italian communities will find that accent, because he does, he does. Mm-hmm. I did like that, though, the fact that, like, in the first Thor movie, um, Thor and all the Asgardians put on a very Shakespearean accent, like it, like a, a big bravado accent, whereas as time's gone by, they've just, you know, they just had talk normally. Whereas with this movie, it's a case of, like, Zeus does have a, uh, you know, Greek Italian accent in the movie, and um, you know, I'm one. I'm wondering if maybe that maybe close to Italian, because obviously they could just do the whole Jupiter angle as well, because it could be the same character. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought he was hilarious in the film. Um, just to make you aware, people, if you have seen the trailer, you know Thor has a blurred out ass in the uh, trailer. You do get both cheeks in the movie. That that is. Prime on display. I think Chris Hemsworth paid like extra attention and made sure to do a lot of leg days because he knew that was coming up. Oh, no doubt, no doubt, indeed, and in the slightest. Never uh, going... leg day. No, no, not. Well, he he is massively toned in this film, like ridiculously buff. Um, but yeah, no, just narrative-wise for the film, though, I feel it's a case of this film just didn't stop, and I think we're getting to more of the spoiler discussion. But I feel it needed a bit more breathing room. That was my concern. I feel because with Ragnarok, um, you had elements where certain characters were defeated and then they went off and then you had a different you had a lot of different locations but you had breathing room within these locations and you could develop these characters in these locations more with this movie it was like it felt like you had to jump between these places extremely quickly we won't talk about the main narrative plot point which drives the movie until the spoiler discussion but i think that's my main critique of the movie in the sense of it was it was just jokes pretty much all the way through the film and i think with these sorts of movies it's it's amazing to have jokes but I feel you need breathing room to let the jokes play and you need to let them settle. Whereas yeah. this movie, don't get me wrong, we were all chuckling throughout this movie pretty much constantly. The jokes are great in this film, but I felt it felt it just needed a bit of breathing room and it's a case of like, also there there is a narrative plot point in this movie. Like if you know certain characters' histories in the comic books, uh, how, how, you know, it plays up certain characters, we won't spoil it. It does play into this film and I feel that was underutilized. Or oh, it was... It, it was. It felt like a plot point they had to put in because of this character, but it just it just felt shoved to the side at points. Or it, it was just, oh, this is still here. This is still here. And then at the end, it only did. They only just bring it back. And I feel that was probably the time where we could have spent a bit more time, like you know, with with these characters and like in, in these down periods, like just talking and like understanding life essentially and how it's a case of because obviously Jane and uh, Thor have been broken up for years. And to be fair, they have great chemistry in the movie, like really great chemistry. You could tell these are two characters who love each other and everything. And but I feel it needed a bit of breathing room to let that play out more. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, I will say, obviously, you know, Taika Waititi is back as Korg, and I thought he was hilarious in the film. He's obviously going to be hilarious in the movie. Um, I found out the budget for this movie was two hundred and fifty million dollars. 
And I was, and they actually did use the volume for a lot of this movie, the volume technology. I think that's so. I will say there are there were some shots in this film where visually it was stunning, but you could definitely tell there was some CG. Like it, the CG looked a, a bit off at points, at certain points. Which I, I was don't get me wrong, loved the film, and I guess that's just the style it's going for. But I did feel, I did, I did notice that. But I guess, you know, if you watch on TV or something, you probably won't. Or I know with Marvel movies, they do improve the visual effects before they go to like a, you know, a, a film release on Blu-ray and everything. So cause I know Black Panther had the, had the same critique with certain visual effects, but were improved as it went along. So maybe that's just something, you know, they do. And obviously this was filmed during COVID. So I think like uh, another podcast I listened to, we're talking about how a lot of this Marvel stuff in Phase 4 was filmed during COVID and released during COVID. And a lot of people have the issues with the disconnection of where this phase is going. Could it be the fact that COVID has caused a lot of problems with phase four? Because obviously with the previous phases, even from Iron Man 1, we knew where the narrative was going. But at the moment, we don't really know where everything is going. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I, I actually feel like this is the first movie where I've felt that a little bit. Um, I feel like... WandaVision flows pretty well into Doctor Strange. Um, the Spider-Man movies flow pretty well into each other. Um, I suppose they were started before uh, COVID. But um, yeah, this is the first one where I've, it's felt uh, a little off. And from what I've been reading online, that's the general consensus as well. Though, as you said, some people do feel like Phase 4 is a bit directionless. Yeah, because obviously with Moon Knight, they have said you don't need to see any of Marvel to watch Moon Knight, which I think was a good, was actually a good decision, to be honest. Like, you don't have to have seen anything from Marvel. You could just go into that and just completely disconnected. And I thought that really worked well for it. I think like, Eternals had a big issue as well, where you had so many characters over so long. That should have been a Disney Plus show, because I feel that they needed a lot more breathing room for those characters. And I'm currently watching Miss Marvel, and that finishes next week. And it... I think Disney Plus has this thing of they're either finished too late or too quickly and they need to find that right middle ground for shows. Like, One Division, I felt, was nine episodes. Did it need to be nine episodes? I felt it was it was probably just about right. Maybe eight would have worked. Um, and But with like stuff like Moon Knight, it was six episodes. Miss Marvel's six episodes. So I'm just wondering how that played. Maybe, you know, things though... It's a tweaking act, and all these shows are brilliant. All the all these actors are great, and everything. All the narrative is great. It's just just the fine tweaking that they need to do, I think. And I think with Thor, uh, I do feel because obviously we're getting Comic Con in a couple of weeks. They have said that there is a plan there, and it has already been in the films already. Like Kevin Feige has stated that, that the actual what's going to happen is in the movies. It's it's already been shown, but no one's really noticed it yet. But I think if you're going to say that, it needs to be pre- present a bit more. Because even with like. Avengers 1, it literally ended with Thanos appearing at the end of the movie, and you knew where that was going. At the, and at the end of Iron Man, the Avengers initiative, and obviously Captain America was called the first Avenger, you knew where that first phase was going. And then obviously Ultron was underutilized quite a bit, to be honest, because he's a major villain. But I think, like, I think Fantastic, I think Fantastic Four and um, the movies we've got, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 are going to be our um, our movies which tie it all together, I think, because obviously they're the end of this phase. And I think that's probably the best way to go, because I don't think we're getting an Avengers film in this phase. It's it's more standalone movies and the Disney Plus shows. And obviously we're getting She-Hulk, and um, we're also getting uh, a lot of different TV shows. And obviously we're getting Deadpool, which I don't know how the fuck that, that's going to play into all this. But yeah, I think with Phase 4, 
I'm hoping maybe with the next bunch of films and TV shows coming out, this is where all the connection starts coming in. Um, I don't think... So, now that Marvel is owned by Disney, I think this is pretty significant. Um, we'll get it further into this, into the spoiler discussions, because it means revealing stuff that is spoilery. Um, but do you reckon Phase Thor might be more um have more crossovers with actual disney properties uh so yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it could be the case and also a phase four i just had to put in there you know because uh, <laughs> a great pun there no i i think it's a case of with this phase the thing is that you can't have you can't expect after 10 years to you know pe- people are expecting a lot now from marvel like after Endgame, people are expecting you know the next Endgame pretty much straight mm-hmm. away. You know, I feel that these movies need a bit of breathing room to build themselves back up. Also, we are going with entirely new characters. We are coming. We we are expanding to the universe into a literal multiverse of madness. We are going into areas that we never expected to happen. And I think it's just a case of when we look back on this, it'll be there will be some films where it's like okay, these were you know these were very singular and maybe they weren't as connected, and then. We're going to figure out, oh, no, this was actually connected to this all along and everything. And I think mm-hmm. they could pull it off. Like Disney's Disney, Kevin Feige, Disney, Marvel are brilliant for this. And I'm really looking forward to see what they do. And I believe they are going to reveal where it's going uh, in a couple of weeks time. I believe that is the plan at Comic-Con. And we'll definitely be having a discussion on that. Uh, I know some people have said, though, that a lot of people have been like really enjoying DC quite a bit lately more because they're doing a lot more original out there stuff. Which um we'll probably get into more conversation that later on because obviously Joker and the Batman um I know Fergus we won't go into that uh but <laughs> uh yeah no but yeah I think with this movie we'll get into that we'll get I think we'll do a, a wrap up for this now for the ratings I think with this movie I really enjoyed the performances of the characters I feel that some narrative elements were as I said underutilized um I feel that also they paid a band a lot of money to use their music in this movie we you know. Uh, like there, there's like four tracks in this film. I keep saying Thor, not Thor. yeah. I keep saying that. Uh, in this movie, quite heavily, and I guess Taika Waititi likes Guns and Roses because another narrative plot point has Guns and Roses references. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm gonna give this movie. So I really wanted to give this movie an eight out of ten, but I think I'm gonna have to give it a seven point five. I think I think I'm gonna have to give it. I feel it's not a seven because I did give Uncharted a seven. And I did, I did enjoy this quite a bit more than Charted, but I think it's a case of having to balance the narrative plot points that I was kind of disappointed with. And I feel that the performances were brilliant. As James has said, though, the underutilization of certain characters did drop it down a bit for me, especially for actors of that level. And I feel it, hopefully later down the line, we'll see how it goes. And hopefully we'll see this plan that Marvel are doing, which we'll get into the spoiler discussion. But yeah, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Yeah, we've got to go into scores, but I'm going to give it... <clears throat> we're going to go into scores, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I found it fairly entertaining, but it was a little bit vapid. It was a bit empty. If it was going to be food, it would be some delicious dessert, which was just full of empty calories. That's mm. a very good analogy. Uh, I would say for me, uh, I would give it a 7. Um, it felt like another four Ragnarok, but just doing everything slightly less well. Um, and I think that. Or oh, Diet Rock. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, 
it felt for me that it went a little too it leaned a little too heavily into the you know lol funny random kind of stuff and the tone because of that was a bit off in places and as you said before some characters were underutilized but uh yeah generally a good chuckle um some parts of it worked really well um so yeah seven for me okay uh so i'm going in at nine out of ten wow shockingly it's really good um so it's quite different to the previous fourth thor thor films um i think this is potentially the the new direction for marvel now owned by disney i don't think that's insignificant in this film um it is extremely fun the adventures that they get up to again are interesting uh very different to the previous decade of marvel films uh accessible um quite very relatable i think in places um the dramas okay probably where it loses it's uh not 10 it does very well with the characters it has you've also got to bear in mind that the Marvel Universe is extremely complicated right now with everything that's going on and all of the different characters that are going here, there and everywhere. And I think it deals with it pretty well, uh, considering. And, you know, yeah, I watch this space with this film because I think this might be the the new era of Iron Man. Potentially. <laughs> I wanted to say, like, we all have quite a lot of varied opinions on this one and i think that generally reflects what we're seeing online as well um some people are saying that like it's okay some people say they really really enjoyed it some people are really bashing this film i really don't think you need to be that harsh about it it's not that bad but uh yeah it's definitely um a bit less straightforward than some of the previous marvel movies in terms of reception Mm. yeah no definitely agree and uh i'm just trying to work out the average now because the average would be 7.75 out of 10 uh um i think i think it's gonna have to be an eight i think i think i think we're gonna have to balance out an eight because obviously uh folks gave it a nine james gave it an eight uh you did give it an eight right james and uh chaz you gave it a uh, seven. seven so yeah so i gave it 7.5 so i think we're gonna have to round out so uh from the nmi crew this is an eight out of ten movie uh this is for wide opinions as well um we're definitely dropping that Thor in there quite a bit. Uh, but yes, so everyone, right, people, that is our review section. That is our review for the movie. Uh, make sure to stick around for our spoiler discussion for the film. We'll probably be doing that for about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, if you want to, if obviously, if you are, have not seen the movie yet, make sure to go away, watch the movie, then come back and listen to the discussion. And if you've got any questions, queries, or compliments, or, you know, any plot points, or how you were disappointed, or you loved the movie, or anything that you felt we missed out, uh, email those into us at nmipodcast at outlook.com. That's nmipodcast at outlook.com. Uh, yeah, as I said, you know, it, this, as Chaz has said, this movie is very divisive um, in the critics community and the audience community. I think, I think, I think people expected Ragnarok too. And I think that was the problem going into this film. Like, you shouldn't expect the same thing again. It's like, as I've said before, everyone's expecting the next endgame after endgame. 
everyone was expecting the next Ragnarok after Ragnarok. And I feel that was, I, I, you can't, sometimes lightning doesn't hit twice. And the thing is though, lightning doesn't have to hit twice. You just have to enjoy it. And as Fergus has said, it was a nine out of 10 for him. So he really enjoyed it. So yes, people, if you want to drop in your ratings, reviews, compliments, queries, any questions, any theories, nmipodcastoutlook.com. That's nmipodcastoutlook.com. Put in the subject line, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, opinions of just for love and fun that we will read them out in the next podcast episode if you're leaving us now make sure to join us on friday uh we'll be recording on tuesday when this podcast goes out um we'll be doing a episode um i guess we gave a hint in the uh yeah fergus is just giggling right now so much we are doing an episode on vtubers and yes. i'll tell you this now me and James are going to be taking a back seat for this episode and we are letting Fergus take the reins of this episode because we don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah, I want you to ask me questions because I want to know what you want to know about this. Like I will I will try do my best to be a beginner's guide introduction to the world of VTubing. And yeah, I thought I honestly thought if you said VTube, I thought maybe it was like a sw- swimming pool thing with tubing and everything. I don't know. That was probably a thing to go with, but yeah, I, then I Googled it and I was like, oh my God, what is this? So yeah, that is a very interesting thing. But yes, people, <laughs> make sure to join us on Friday if you're going away now for that episode. It's going to be very interesting. And we will be doing also some interesting topics from Chaz in the future weeks ahead. And also we'll be doing the Comic-Con special in about two, three weeks time. So make sure to join that. And again, people, make sure to join us after the ad break for our spoiler discussion for Thor, Thor Love and Thunder. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek? codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vole, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale, a short comedic spy thriller Available on Amazon, in paperback, or Kindle. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Thor Love and Thunder review. Oh wait, no! We are doing the spoiler discussion now, people. So, pre-warning, everything going onwards now, we will be talking about the new Thor Love and Thunder movie. This movie, as I said, will be a heavy spoiler, so if you haven't seen the movie, just please leave now. I'm going to give you five, four, three, two, one, and now we are into the spoiler discussion. So, again, like, it was kind. Of, we kind of slipped into the uh, the review, but this is a one and done for Chris Hemsworth in a. It's not Chris Hemsworth, Christian Bale uh, as Gore the God Butcher in this movie. It, obviously, I'm a bit mm. disappointed with that because I yeah. feel I prefer comic book characters, villains who don't die at the end of their movies. Like I, because obviously you can utilize them later. So I've got so you, might take me a bit long to explain this. I don't mind that he was a one and done character. I mind how he was utilized in this so so how i would have loved to have seen this would have been um would have been films building up to this point oh not necessarily it doesn't need shouldn't have been like an end game level event but it could have been like a civil war like a four civil war kind of thing so i'd have loved films between maybe like four and guys of a galaxy uh building up the god element and maybe having more gods as key characters and then you bring in uh gore from god butcher so you've got these established characters who then he's now uh, taken out. And that's how I would have done it. I, I think you're taking an interesting perspective on this. Like, so Gore the God Butcher 
in the wider perspective of the Marvel Universe, is really only there to introduce the daughter character, I think. Because she will play a significant part in future films going forward. But he deserves, oh, the character is really interesting, Gore. The so character deserves, is really interesting. He deserves much better uh, treatment than just just being there to introduce a new character. He also introduces the concept of the gods, which is also going to be very significant going forward in other films. So I will say, though, the one thing I'm a bit frustrated with, because with Gore the God Butcher, he has a massive connection to Venom. A massive connection to Venom. So the the, uh, the, ne- the Necro Sword is a sword from Null, the king of the symbiotes. Like he, uh, like yeah, God. yeah. That that's yeah, a, okay. that's a big. That's why the sword is so powerful because in there was this whole comic book event with Null coming to Earth and then like taking over a ton of heroes. Like King of the Symbiotes, you know that pretty much says it all. When he he has a massive thing, and the Necro Sword is massively played into that, and. I will say, I believe that was Dionysus, uh, the, the, the god he killed. And also, that's the only god we see him kill in the movie mm. on screen. Yeah. And I feel that, that was a big thing. Like, we see the aftermath, and I feel James made a good point of, like, maybe it's a case of we see the gods in the movies, but then there are hints that they're disappearing as the movies go on. And I think, yeah, that should have happened. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that as well. Like we were all complaining that this character doesn't have enough screen time. Um, not necessarily have to have other movies building this up, but it would have been nicer to see the gods as well, and that could have been a good way to do it. You know, have him actually show him finding these yeah. gods, killing them. Um, you know, that's more character time, and also that could have been pretty cool to see as well. Like the fight with that giant god creature, the one they say is like the nicest god ever, or something. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, so my argument for having uh, more films with establishing the gods beforehand would be we're more attached to establishing characters as he is um, taking them out. That's the reason why. And I also think that the way that they did introduce the gods in this movie, it felt a little anticlimactic. They just sort of show up at this... What this hub? I can't remember what they described it as. Omni- they... Omnip- Omnipot City. Omnipot Omnipot City. Omnipot City. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they just sort of show up, and they're all just sat around. Uh, you know, they don't do anything. They're just there. It yeah. Very anticlimactic. That it could have done with more exp- uh, exploration. Like, say, if, you, if there had been an extra twenty minutes, you could have had like scenes where Thor. They have to hide from someone and they have to end up in a room where they see gods doing god stuff. But I will say the um the 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 creatures that Gore controls were quite interesting, to be honest. Yeah. Like the shadow creatures. I, I did love Valkyrie's take on so he controls shadow creatures and it goes into the shadow realm. I was expecting it to go as a bit on the nose for a name, right? Like but it was just like, you know, the most powerful. I really love that aspect. I I do agree on the God City, like visually stunning like visually stunning and it was really interesting because obviously i know a lot of people have said that bast the black panther god is actually on screen in that in that so that's very interesting because obviously bast is mentioned in the uh, 
Black Panther movie, so it was interesting to see that. I, I loved all the variety in the gods themselves. Even Korg's god was hilarious seeing, seeing him there. And I, I, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that name because it was way out there. And yeah, going into like obviously Russell Crowe's character, I love that he was an arrogant asshole in this film, like so much. And when he pranced down the stairs, like I'm, I'm literally going to call it prancing because he was very light footed. Coming, is prance a fair word to say? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, Pranted downstairs and like he pulls up his his skirt and everything as he's coming down the stairs yeah. and like and and he's not a fit character. He is he he he's he's um as Thor puts it, he's weak. Like he, he you know, he is he's 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 become too relaxed in his, you know, his life. I was glad to see now that we are on spoilers, uh the end scene, uh where they revealed that he wasn't just killed. Um because I I was actually really disappointed that they just kind of killed him off and i'm just like this is supposed to be zeus right i was actually a bit confused at that i, I did think they killed him off at that point and i was a bit confused because i thought the main plot point was only the necrod sword could kill them i, th- I it- think i think it's a case of other gods can kill other gods to be fair yeah was okay. it only the sword can kill them or it's just a powerful weapon that can so, kill them so, so are we going to get a sequel with four of a god butcher i mean i mean he he doesn't have the lightning bolt anymore though because it was broken at the end of the film. Yeah, I can always find a new weapon. I mean, he has his hammer back, uh, which we'll get into in a second. But if, no, I going on the uh, we'll we'll get into the other main character in a bit. Uh, Chaz actually on the point of the end credit scene of introducing the most powerful Olympian. Turns out Hercules is Hercules is here. People, bless my soul. Uh, yes, this is very interesting. Um, I hear rumours that Disney is also working on a live-action Hercules adaptation at the same time. Is this going to be the same guy? Are the two worlds going to meet? Does this mean that Disney Musical is going to meet uh, Thor versus Hercules? (laughs) That would be interesting, having two versions of Hercules having two versions because i think it won't i don't think it's a case of uh, with the same character it would literally just be a disney adaptation of the movie itself or whatever they're doing for that because i know guy Ritchie's doing that movie but i've been reading up on this thor uh, this sorry hercules character and he does go toe-to-toe with thor and also interesting fact his hammer is actually adamantium so it actually links to wolverine so that's a very interesting take to us. Uh, but it doesn't come back to... Basically, it doesn't have the magical property in itself. But having him literally appear at the end to go after after Thor, and obviously I think that's... I'm hoping that's going to be a big plot point going forwards, um, which will be really interesting to see. Um, bringing it back, though, and obviously, and it's, it's... Hercules is played by Brett Goldstein, who is in currently in Ted Lasso, the... Uh, american or british football comedy tv show and i was very interested to see him in the role and he was very buff very buff like when i saw him and i i didn't realize he was that that buff to be honest when i saw him in ted lasso maybe bulked up quite a bit during the uh during the filming phase um going off of a case of like back back to the movie itself though i'm a bit underwhelmed about natalie portman's narrative in the film i feel that she was brilliant like how she portrayed thor and how she was loving loving being Thor but also loving helping she she did have a slight how can I put this she felt invincible she she did feel like she was invincible in the movie and I think that's a driving narrative driving point for the movie and I think it's a case of like when it comes to the character that does definitely drive into the movie itself but she definitely had a case of she doesn't want to see anyone hurt and I think that's the doctor side of her which plays into as well it's the it's the dual identity of Jane Foster and Thor which I think really works really well 
Yeah, so I have a bit of a controversial kind of like thought going into a film as to how, maybe it's because of how I would have written it, bearing in mind, okay, cool. So I thought, maybe it's not what I thought I would actually do, but maybe this is what I probably would have done. I thought they would have killed off uh, Chris Hemsworth for with Gore the God Butcher, and then Jane Foster would take over. Mm, that did seem a possibility for sure, but you can't get rid of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, the, the other reason why I thought that might happen is because we've already uh, lost Iron Man, we've already um, written out Captain America, so we're already losing kind of like very Black slowly. The, mm. Yeah, and Black Widow. So we're already losing the original Avengers, so it, it, it just kind of like felt to me like that might happen, but uh, it didn't. And that's all good because Chris Hemsworth is, is, is great, so I don't mind. It's only but... um, if you go by Hawkeye, and if you do go by the end of the film, and if he doesn't come back, you only have Hulk and Thor now left. Uh, Black Widow's dead, Iron Man's dead. Hawkeye kind of actually retires at the end of Hawkeye, the TV series. It's really lovely, well put. If you actually watch the show, it's really well. And Haley Steinfeld's taking over. Uh, and I think Thor, though, I think you need to keep Thor around because I think he... He does still have a journey to go on in this in in this series, and I feel he isn't at that point yet. And I think it's a case of with uh, with Chris Hemsworth, as you said, I don't think we could get rid of him just yet. And also, I know Chris Hemsworth has said he'll come, he'll kill until the, until he feels that there's nothing left to tell for his character, he will keep coming back for this role. And you know, I think that plays out really well. Yeah, and at the end of the movie, obviously they introduce um, his well, not daughter, I guess it's like what do you call it, adopted daughter. Um, and that, you know, that's a new dynamic for the character, right? So there's definitely more to do with um, with Thor's character. Funny thing about that, he's his daughter. Yes. That was a cool touch as well, yeah. I did love the fact that the movie is titled Love and Thunder, and it has multiple... I do like that when they do this, like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Man has had this in itself as well. The The title had multiple multiple reasonings for the title, but with this movie, Love and Thunder plays into the love between Natalie Portman and you know, Chris you know, Thorne, uh, later Jane Foster. Uh, Thunder obviously is uh, Zeus and um, Thor in the movie, and obviously Love and Thunder is a case of like, you know, Hemsworth and the daughter and the girl at the end. You know, it has free... And also, you know, it plays into the aspect of like, you know, love plays into Korg as well. I'll tell you that. It even plays into his character at the end as well, which I thought was hilarious. Um, were you going to say something, Fergus? Yes. Um, I get with the, um, the girl at the end. Uh, as far as I'm aware, she's not a, a character from the comic books. She has been created by Disney. Am I wrong? I don't know. Because up till now, uh, every character that has appeared on screen, or at least in terms of being a hero with powers, has been from the comic books. Um, I think this is a first in them introducing her as a fresh, outside the comic books character. She might be an amalgam of characters, but as far as I'm aware, she doesn't... I could be way wrong on this, but my reading before, after the film, uh, would suggest this. Which then would suggest Disney's taking more licenses with the Marvel properties and future direction, etc. Um, but she's, you know, a very significant character. Like she's going to be like Thanos level powerful by the time she grows up. But she's going to be the new big bear. That would. Be I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that would be absolutely hilarious. To be honest, no. I I'm wondering how. Like I'm wondering if it's a case of she will be around for the next movie. Or if it was just for this movie in itself, like she maybe like Mike might be sidestepped to maybe also it could be a case of she might be on the Young Avengers when that finally because that's 
in the works at the moment because you've got Hawkeye, uh, you've got Spider Man, you've got Miss Marvel, you've got and um, you've got these few other characters, and I think the Young Avengers are coming. And she and obviously you have Ant Man's daughter as well, uh, which she plays into the new Ant Man movie, I believe, because they they hired a new actress for that role. Uh, and I'm wondering if maybe she will be the uh, the Young Avengers, so like the Asgardian, because I know in the comic books that Thor does have a daughter. I want to say. Uh, he does have a daughter because I know there's an animated movie where it's it's the it's the new Avengers. It's like say in the future with like the kids of the Avengers after Ultron has taken over the world. So I'd be interested to see how that plays out and wondering if that will be it. But yeah, I it was interesting to have his actual daughter. I'm wondering if it's a case of maybe his daughter will only be in this film uh, just to have her as an appearance, and then they'll recast if they, if they do a much bigger role like a you know more prominent actress. Um, maybe that might because I've heard that Chris all of Chris Hemsworth's kids are in this film. All of them, like when, mm. at the beginning of the movie, you see Chris Hemsworth running across the screen as he ages up. His son is the uh, the young version of Thor as he's running across the screen. So it's really it's really nice to see that happen. And obviously, pr- almost all the Hemsworths are in this film because obviously his older brother Luke Hemsworth is in the movie as Theater Thor, uh, which I thought that theater scene was hilarious. I did see an awful lot of Hemsworths in the credits. <laughs> the, the, only one, the only one isn't isn't Liam. Mm. And be interesting, but no, I think yeah, I want to go back to the uh, the narrative point of Jane though. I mentioned this in the review. Obviously, if you in the comic books, this is actually a big plot in the comic books where Jane Foster develops cancer, uh, and she actually is dying. And in like in the comic books, because I actually did tear up a bit because um, and she portrayed it really well. And I loved the, I loved obviously with Captain America, they had like the really skinny Captain America, like you know before he takes the super soldier serum. And in this movie, they do the exact same thing, but sort of like differently because obviously the cancer medical condition you know she and she got progressively weaker as she, she took on Mjolnir which I thought was an interesting take to be honest I noticed that after rethinking it because at the start of the movie she doesn't look that ill uh but at the end of the movie she looks really really gone and in the comic books it is a case of she she doesn't want to use Asgardian magic uh, she wants to use standard science but as it goes along uh, in this movie, she does. She's called to Asgard, and then Mjolnir picks her. Which I thought was interesting. The fact that Mjolnir picked her because of the love and the connection with Thor, and you know that's the reason why that was happened. You know, just wondering. Um, in the comics, I don't know if you know this. Is she? Has she got more? Um like screen time for lack of a better word is she more yeah, utilized yeah. than this movie yeah no she she is she i mean i believe I, don't, I can't remember if she does die in the comic books like she does here which i thought was a beautiful ending for her i'm kind of i'm sad that but in the comic book she actually does have a romance with uh falcon captain america like sam oh. wilson which I, 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 meant, I meant to just want to clarify uh as mighty four specifically um rather than just jane foster oh yeah no 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 like I, when she when she is thought in the comic book she with Sam, you know, Sam Wilson, Captain America, they do have a relationship. And I don't know how long that plays out because I know eventually they, they break up that self, but I believe she does have a longer narrative in the comic books compared to the movie itself. But I do think, like, they introduce in the film, they literally pretty much st- come to her in the movie. And she's, I, I did like that they had Kat Dennings and, um, you know, Stellan Skarsgård very briefly in the film to just keep them all in all three films, which I think was really good. Because obviously, Kat Dennings, I think she's going to be a big character going forward as well because you know, she's in one division. Uh, so, like, obviously, I think it's really cool to have her there, but uh, that's not really a spoiler, uh, Fergus, because you know it's, it was she was announced for the cast. But yeah, obviously, you know, Jane's trying to figure out how to get rid of this cancer, and I do like the fact that they didn't just find a magic workaround for that in the film. That's one thing I did like how you know in the real world we don't have that at the moment, 
And I think it would have been a cop out if they just found like this this cure in the movie. And I feel it should have happened, but I feel that it should there should have been a bit more time between um Hemsworth like J- Jane Foster and Thor to actually like have the romance to back together. Also Thor realizing that Mjolnir is killing Jane, which I thought was a great, you know, that is in the comic books as well. Like obviously when she takes up Mjolnir it removes the chem- the chemotherapy from her body and it, it degrades her body more because it's, t- it's using life force. That's why, as the film goes on, she looks more... Her body is dying quicker. And I love... I, I did really did see the emotional acting with Hemsworth, seeing the, like, he doesn't want her to... He does want that to happen. And you could see you could see that with him. And I thought that was really brilliant. And also, he does try to bring very, like, comedic moments just to sort of... Because he doesn't want to bring... Because obviously he's lost so much. you got to remember, like, he's lost Asgard, his brother, three times, which was hilariously mentioned in the film. Um, you know, he's lost, he's lost everything. And then the love of his life, you know, coming back for one film. And then that's why I kind of wish it was stretched out a bit more. Yeah, I, he has actually a really tragic character when you think about it. Um, it's surprising that he acts the way he does almost. But, uh, yeah, what I was trying to hint at was just that I actually thought she was really cool as Mighty Four, and it is a shame that we don't get to see that more. You know, they introduce her as that character, and then she's gone at the end of the movie, and it's just like, oh, would have liked to see more of that, basically. I thought she was really badass in her intro, like she's waving the hammer and like the dum dum dum, like the like the musical intro of her as Mighty Four was brilliant. And as I said, you know, she she really played the part really well, and she like bring the rainbow and like tries to like have these all these hilarious catchphrases and we never find out what her final catchphrase is which i thought was actually a really nice touch in the movie and obviously which i really i did like at the end of the movie she does like um an asgardian uh fade like fade away like odin did in ragnarok and she does go to valhalla now i kind of cool. wish yeah i love the fact that we saw um like the because obviously we have heimdall's son in this movie Astrid slash Axel after Guns N' Roses. I do like the fact that he had a role in this film, or they had a role in this film. And then at the end of the movie, we do get to see Heimdall again. And obviously, it it, it does link back to the film. It was like, you know, thank you for looking after my child and everything. And obviously, a lot of people feel that Heimdall was underutilized in the previous films as well. And obviously, it's, Id- it's Idris bloody Elba. You, everyone loves Elba. The next, must, the next James Bond, everybody, come on, let's get that done. Uh, but, you know... It was really nice to see him in the movie. I'm I'm wondering they've done that because Valhalla is a realm. I class it as a realm, and I, and I think they've done this on purpose because they could bring them back. Like I could see that happening. Now I'm wondering, could it be a cop out if that does happen because her dying and everything? But I'm wondering with I don't th- also I don't think that there should be a multiverse aspect to this. If you did try and bring her back, you should never do that. In my opinion, it should be the same Jane Foster. In my opinion, but I do. I just I like the fact that, you know, I, I think I, I would like to see her back and Heimdall back. I would like to see the characters. And if you could keep bringing Loki back, for God's sake, you could do that. But I'm wondering how they'd play it. I'd have to read the comic books because I do believe they do play it into the comic books. But I don't know how general audiences would find it. I'm just going to say, I, I agree with you. And I feel like it would be a cop out because, well, the way they handle her death in this movie was one of the moments that i thought tonally did work really well um so to reverse that yeah i i don't think that would be a good move i don't know how they could, could handle 
the fact that she's in Valhalla. Um, perhaps there could be something done with that, but I think to preserve the that the heaviness of that scene, they should keep her gone basically. And also, as you said, don't use the multiverse as well. That's again would feel too much like a cop out. I will say like because with with her in itself, I. I love the fact that the final decision, because obviously Chris Hemsworth, well, I keep saying Chris Hemsworth, Thor, basically, because we have two versions of Thor. Uh, I'll go Thor and Mighty Thor, or Dr. James Foster, as uh, she likes to say. Um, I love the fact that he goes, you cannot pick up the hammer again, you will die. And you do see that struggle in him, like, you can't do this, I don't want to lose you. But it is her seeing what is going on, and that, and her mate, making that ultimate sacrifice, which is her, like, you know her acceptance into her heart I've, i that was the moment where you knew she was going I, I i knew that was the moment where she was going you know she was going to die because you could tell within that moment itself and also yeah i just thought i just thought it was a beautiful uh, and her entry i thought was badass as well when she came down and like it it was more i, I even though it's thor's maybe i would say it's equal between both of them because i feel she has she has a lot more in this movie to deal with uh, than Thor himself. He's dealing with ramifications of Gore the God Butcher, but she's dealing with Gore and her issues and, like, you know, trying to figure out what first. I feel, you know, it was played out really well. And I do love how Valkyrie in this movie was a supporting, you know, she was supporting him about the film. She knew all this time what was going on, but she didn't say a word. So I love that little scene in the uh, the bathroom or the, the hotel room where they, like, have little... Um, uh, a little moment where they just like you know say just don't say anything and everything and you know i got your back and that little 90s r&b as well which i thought was hilarious and uh yeah but no i i feel that yeah just going into this film I, it's a case of i would have liked a bit more time with that and i think you know it would have hit, hit harder as well which I, maybe it wasn't needed but i do think you need yeah specifically I did a little reading about the reception to this, and I don't know how true this is because this is just people on the internet, but I heard that some of this film was cut down, um, which, yeah, would explain, like, a lot of the problems we have got with it, I think. It's a shame. Yeah, no, um, I will say, like, going off of that point, so I think we finished, you know, the the cancer storyline, which I feel that... You know, it's a very it is a very heavy topic as well to do for a movie, and to go from Ragnarok to that, I I, I think I think they did the best they could with what time they had and everything. And I would have liked a bit more time, but yeah, it was still an amazing performance by Natalie Portman within the role and, and the struggle she was having within the film and the 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 conclusion for her, and, and then bringing Heimdall in at the end, which I thought was a great conclusion to that character as well, seeing that he did go off because he did sacrificed himself to get Hulk to Earth in Endgame. So he actually made, you know, he had a big part in that series. I will say, like, we'll probably be wrapping up soon, but the goats. Mm. Oh, I'm going to say it's the goats. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you, you're, you're, you're referring to, what, um, Chris Hemsworth? No, you're referring to Matt Damon and... Luke Hemsworth. <laughs> Luke Hemsworth as the greatest of all time. Because they were great. Because both those characters... Bring them back every. I bring them back every four film. I mean, I love the fact that like after the kids get taken, they're just they're like, shall we start making a play? That wasn't to know. Let's let's start doing Act One. Darkness falls across Asgard. It's like, oh, that was hilarious. I loved it. it was It was a longer scene. I'm sure it was a longer scene than we did in Ragnarok as well. So I actually gave them more uh, screen time. Yeah, with that little, little fake play. I loved Me- it. it was Melissa hilarious. McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy is hell. Yeah. Hell, hell. Oh is god, I got a chuckle out of that. That was great. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was brilliant. Uh, but, you know, I think, like, when it... And also, Korg comes from an all-male society, 
which has been confirmed. Like yeah. they make babies over volcano pits after holding their hands for a month. And his uh, his husband boyfriend with that that amazing rock stash, which I thought yeah. was brilliant. But one, but one, but one, one good thing about Korg is that when he chimes you, so he didn't lose face. True, because his heart's in his 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 heart's <sighs> in his mouth. Just I feel like it. I feel Just like ev- I feel like every episode now we have to get some kind of joke in from James, some kind of pun-based joke, or you know, last time we had the the Smurf uh, director thing. Yeah, that's yeah. We've been giggling about that for a while, James. Actually, the Smurf director. It's, it's just oh, that was just perfect. But yeah, no, I think the reason why I gave this a seven point five was the jokes constantly went during this film, and I think it needed the breathing room because in Ragnarok. You had the Hela sequences, you had the Odin sequences, and it, those were the breakpoints. And you had Strange, the Doctor Strange part as well. You know, you had you had breaks in the film, whereas this film just kept going. It didn't really stop. Like you know, even the sequence with like Jane resting in the bed, that was only like a couple of minutes, and then they were straight off to you know the Shadow World to you know fight Gore and you know giving giving parts to you know I think even like even if it was action parts like Gore killing the gods. That that would have been interesting, you know, a break point. You know, seeing Sif's fight, like I love Sif, the act, you know, the character. You know, I wanted to see her lose the. I thought the hilarious part, like you know, you can't get into Valhalla if you don't have, if you're not in battle. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Um, I guess maybe I'll your tr- arm is in Valhalla. Yeah, maybe your arm is in Valhalla. I thought that was hilarious. That was but good. No, I, yeah, I I do just think like you know, visually the film was stunning. Also, they literally ripped comic book panels from for the movie, like that sequence of like the massive. God killed. That's literally a comic book panel. I want to say, like, since we speak about visuals, one thing I wanted to point out that we haven't already was the sequence on the small planetoid with the creatures coming out of the shadows, crawling around the surface of the planet, the fight scene, you know, in black and white. That was probably one of the highlights of the movie for me. That was really, really good to see. Yeah, no, agreed. Something we also haven't brought up is the relationship drama around the hammer and the axe. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, that was really This funny. became a whole thing. I uh, didn't realise that the the hammer and the axe were Mjolnir and um, Stormbreaker. Uh, Stormbreaker have this kind of relationship uh, the with, with their uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. That is that scene in the movie as uh, Thor's trying to bring the hammer back and Stormbreaker just appears like, "What the fuck do you think you're doing? I'm here. How dare you!" That felt very like Taika Waititi. That kind of humor, just having it kind of edge in from the from the uh, out out of the screen. Like, hello, you know, what are you doing? I'm here. Yeah, how how they how they able to get comedy from what is essentially inanimate objects is is amazing. I actually, you know, the bit where he pours the beer on oh, the axe. Yeah. Um, I I expected it to like the axe to like swerve off the road because it was drunk or something. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I expected the um the hammer to absorb the beer like actually you actually see it absorb the beer which i thought would have been hilarious to be honest no i i thought i was brilliant i love like when he tries I, to go into the bifrost as well and he gets knocked back down because he's like no I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't taking you where you want to go i expect the hammer to be angry because most people get angry if you pour beer over them also supposed to drink it's not got a mouth oh yeah yeah no i mean like you know and also it was his first it was it was his first drink you know, I, I did like when he uh, grabbed Stormbreaker out of the ground at the beginning of the film and it had grown roots in the ground. I thought, And then he rid it like a witch yeah. into battle. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there is a lot of humour in this movie. Um, and probably 
too much because of the tone yeah um but because there is so much of it a lot of it you know there is a lot of laughs in it just because they throw jokes at you like constantly yeah, no, I, d- I definitely agree with that. And I think it's a case of uh, if they do the next one, I'm wondering how they'll play. I wonder if he'll still be with T- Taika Waititi, but with the first two movies, it was more like Shakespearean. And then with Dark World, it wasn't as much. It was much more like more the generic Marvel movie to, to a degree. He d- he didn't speak like and as, you know, Shakespearean. And with these two movies, it's been more comedy. You know, they had a lot more comedy 80s, you know, power metal elements to them. And I'm wondering if they do the next one, what may- maybe they might change the genre a bit. Because I'm actually thinking with, obviously, obviously spoilers at the end of this movie, Hercules is being sent after after Thor. You can't, you could have that comedic account, because I know in the comic books that Hercules isn't a bad guy. Like, And to be fair, it's the Marvel Universe and a god. You, you're not going to have him. Uh, they could change it. It would be interesting. I think that'd be great. Like having this god war, I thought, I think that'd be brilliant to have. Like, you know, and because mm. obviously... It proves that Thor is stronger than Zeus as well, which I think is interesting. But Hercules is stronger than Zeus as well. So seeing them on par would be brilliant to have. And I know we have um, Namor, the god of the Atlanteans, well, the, the, the Atlantean king in Black Panther coming. And I'm just wondering how this is going to play out. And I'm wondering, because obviously with Captain America, they had different genres in each film. It's a historical film. It was like a spy thriller. And then it came into like, I don't even know what you'd say, Civil War was. And I, I love Marvel when they do genre movies um and i'm wondering with thor if they're going to change up going into the next film and i really like to see that because i think if they could pull the jokes back a bit uh you've established you've established the antagonist now for the next movie because you can't you can't have that you know and then just not going to that they're obviously doing a thor five that's going to happen if you're going to have hercules there uh hercules had to do it again uh but yeah after the first two four films i'm not seeing but i've heard of the worst widely considered one of some of the worst of Marvel series. After the first two four films, who would have thought for V one franchise which would have most films is would be four? So Thor One is not bad in the slightest. It's 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 it's, it's, it's you know it came out in two thousand eleven, two thousand two thousand eleven. It was like you know it was it was a, it was actually a, a much smaller movie. Like most of the movie takes place in a small midwestern American town. Like you know it, it it's not a big film. And it's de- and Thor loses his powers and it's dealing with the ramifications of that during the movie. It has a lot of that. It's literally this town in Asgard. That is it. It's a smaller film. And um, yeah, it's it's really good. Dark World had a lot of issues because it the the villain was like, you have to watch it. It actually introduced the Infinity Stones more as well in okay. that film. So and that's how Jane was in it as well. But and then she just disappears after that. But Ragnarok definitely brought. You know, people were disappointed with Dark World, and then Ragnarok came out. I said, like, "What the fuck is this? It's amazing! It's brilliant!" And then that that film literally led into Infinity War, though. Literally ended with the start of Infinity War, which I thought also helped that movie as well to a point. Because I thought, you know, it really, really worked for it. And obviously, it it took place right after um right after Age of Ultron as well. So obviously, you know, the Hulk could disappear for two years. And I think also having another Avenger in that movie helped as well. Like it had the parallel of those two characters. And um, and obviously we had Hulk for a lot more movies. Maybe that might have helped the characters in this movie a bit more as well. Having other characters who'd been established a bit more. Having yeah. having them in the movie as well, which I think would be good. Now, Natalie Portman was in the movies as well. but And she's the love, she's the love interest. She's her own character. And to herself, you know, this badass superhero. But maybe it needed a bit more like balance between the characters. I was going to say, I, I actually felt like the characters carried this a little bit. Um, you know, obviously 
we've talked about there are some flaws, but all the performances were pretty damn solid, like all of them. And uh, yeah, I think that means that you don't necessarily need a lot of big hitters in there to to fill the gaps. You know, the ones that were there were uh, really enjoyable and they all gave good performances, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I think they were great. I'm just wondering if maybe that's something they they, they might do for the next one. You know, they, maybe that's what they might... Because obviously we've got all these established characters. That's what they might do for the next one. Because if you've got Thor, I feel that maybe they should have that going down the line. And that's what made Ragnarok great as well. Um, I do think, yeah, it needs to pull back on the jokes a bit. Uh, I think we all agree on that. Like, the jokes were... Don't get me wrong. Every joke he did was funny. Quite funny in the movie. Like, we, there, there wasn't a joke where... it would, The jokes never went on too long. They never awkwardly went on too long. We were like, okay, this needs to stop now. Uh, every joke had a good, you know, Taika Waititi knows how to end a joke and then roll on the movie. That's that's perfect into itself. But I do feel they needed a bit more breathing room between each of them so we could soak in the narrative more. And it was very fast-paced. Like, this has the same issue that Doctor Strange has. Doctor Strange didn't stop, pretty much. He just kept going throughout the entire film. And I felt they needed a bit more breathing room. Doctor Strange had a tiny bit more like in the movie but it didn't have a lot more and i've also heard with dr strange again that they cut out a bunch of that one uh, again hearsay internet talk but it would make sense exactly and i think those movies literally needed a minute over 20 30 minutes and yeah i'm just wondering how this will play out going down the line obviously people we're going to find out in a couple of weeks time what the actual plan is no doubt maybe they're going to announce the next thor movie and then because i know they did announce uh the mighty thor jane foster's return at the Latin 2019 Comic-Con, when they released the first slate of movies up until now. So we knew where the film was going. The next movies that come out, maybe they're going to announce what's going on there. We're going to see what's going on. Because obviously they start filming Blade in October. So I'm in- really interested to see where that character goes. Because I definitely think we're getting a Midnight Suns TV show or movie with, uh, you know, or Moon Knight and um, Blade and Ghost Rider possibly happening. There's People have talked about Norman Reedus possibly playing, you know, he really wants to play Ghost Rider in the Marvel Universe and he's pushing for that and I think it'd be great casting. But yeah, so obviously with our reviews, I think that gives our, our opinions. Obviously, Fergus gave this a 9 out of 10, James gave this an 8 out of 10, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10, and Chaz gave it a 7 out of 10. And obviously we rounded that out to 8 out of 10, but I feel that it was a really, it was a, it was a really good film and I think maybe down the line it might settle a bit more to an eight for me. I think it might come up a bit more points if I watch it again and, you know, actually have time to sit back. And the one thing I did like about this film is I didn't have to take a toilet break. <laughs> and I was like, I could just go in this film, enjoy the entire film. It's just great to have. And it was a really fun roller coaster ride. I'm wondering where, where the hell it's going to go next. I'm really, I'd love to see Natalie Portman back again for this role. I thought it was hilarious as well that Taika Waititi asked her to star in his Star Wars movie, not realizing that she'd already been in three Star Wars movies, which I think is hilarious. Uh, but no, I'd love to see her back. I'd love to try them to try and reintroduce Idris Elba as well as Heimdall, because I think he was a brilliant character um, and underutilized as well. He's a brilliant actor. But if it's a one, and, if 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 they're gone now, I, I kind of like you can't bring Christian Bale back. Unfortunately, how the story ends, which is which is a bit sad to be honest, because he's he's such an amazing actor. Um, but I'm just yeah. Any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up? Um. It's a really good movie, and I think it is very much telegraphing the future direction of the next decade of Marvel, really. I think that um, it has a lot of the same elements as um, Ragnarok did. I think it's just uh, a little bit less balanced in how it uses them overall um, compared to Ragnarok, really, which, you know, makes it a slightly less but still enjoyable kind of like turn your brain off and go along for it type film. 
yeah, it was good. I've said my piece already. I mean, I've got much else to say, what I said earlier. Yeah, I will say, wrapping up though, um, don't get me wrong, this film is visually stunning. The jokes work really well. The audio is brilliant. I think the characters give great performances. I just wish we saw a bit more of them, unfortunately. But maybe there might be like some deleted scenes which come out later down the line because I know they're releasing a new version of the Spider-Man movie called the more fun, like the more fun edition. Like it's going to be extra footage with Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield's character, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. That comes out in like 50 days, so I'm, we'll probably do a review for that as well. Probably going to re-see that in the cinema, uh, and that's going to be like three hours long. I bet, jeez, because that film's already two and a half hours. But I maybe I'd love to, as Chad said, maybe they might do like you know an extended or at least deleted scenes, which we can add later on and maybe fill in the gaps a bit and maybe see that. Uh, but yeah, people, eight out of ten from NMI. Uh, hope you all stuck around to enjoy that. It has been great talking about this today. So much for the 15, 20 minutes that we're going to do, do the spoiler talk. But hopefully, you really enjoyed the conversation and you got a lovely, good length episode for the podcast. So yes, people, I'd like to thank Chaz, Fergus, and Jones for joining me again today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's yeah. been really good good to talk about the film yeah no doubt we'll, we, we will be doing a uh myself and chaz will no doubt be doing a boys review d- uh, discussion and uh probably uh next week or a couple of weeks time so myself and him will be doing that so yes people if you'd like to get in contact with any questions queries or compliments make sure to email us at nmipodcast.outlook.com go to our social pages by searching at nmicast that's again nmipodcast.outlook.com at NMICast if you just want to search for the socials. Linktree, you can find us all there with all the listing platforms, all our social platforms. You can do that there. Just search at NMICast. Uh, again, next week we will be doing a... Fergus, is, will, Fergus will be taking over control of the podcast for a, uh, for a topic of the VTuber and seeing what goes on there. Yep. Tune in next week. Yes, and you can hear me and James, the silence or the, the unfortunately, cannot see our faces with the podcast, but the what the fuck reactions to what is going to happen and all the questions we're probably going to have as we go into that. But again, I've been your host, Nate. I'd like to thank Chaz, Fergus, and James for joining me today. Stay safe, everyone. Keep safe, and we'll speak, see you on Friday for the next episode. Speak to you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.